Uh, it, it took us two months to do one recording. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Dan's right. That uh, LXG movie is fun. Just don't think about the comics. It's just a fun action movie. <laughs> like Sean Connery and so like it's just a dumb action movie. Like don't worry about the like it's not meant to be the comic book. Welcome back listeners. Thanks for joining us again. Here we are, the Indie Comic Book Noise crew. Sadly, the A team is gone. So make sure you bug Kevin to bring them back. And they were Super gone Steve, last episode. Super Steve is off fighting the Wendigo in central New York. But that just leaves your three somewhat regular hosts. Me, Andrew the LA Rabbit, dialing in on a new rig today. So forgive any irregularities in the audio quality. From north of the Arctic Circle, from the ice box, it's WWX Kev. Say hi, Kev. I see winter chill is setting in. And from the nation's capital, the fully fortified Otter's Den, it's filled out of water. Say hi, Phil. It's funny you say three hosts because I listened to the ATM episode and Kevin for like 20 minutes was going on about how his other co-host isn't here, you, Andrew. <laughs> and ne- he canceled me. I don't exist anymore. <laughs> According to him, you're the only other host. But that's how I know he's a true Canadian, because he has traitor in his blood. So I can't be mad I, at I him. I think there was a segment where we tried to figure out which one of us. I think I, I said, am I Phil? And and then that makes Slurmo uh, Andrew. Yeah, and that it doesn't makes... matter, because as far as the host stuff goes, you canceled me. You <laughs> you Thanos me, I think is the new word, isn't it? Did I, did I snap. snap you? Yeah. Apparently I snapped uh, you and Steve. Well, anyways, the the A-team want to extend a thanks out to them, uh, Bob Gar, Dan, and our own Kevin. We need to see more international content from Oof. you guys, Kevin. Pressure's on. Once a month, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least do, once do, a month is what he told me. Do you, do you remember in the in, in the old days when it would be like herding cats to get us together? That that's that's how getting the A team together is. Andrew just wants his breaks from this podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, it's just nice to listen to the show. Like no, I it's, don't. It's true. By the time I'm done it, editing and everything, like I I don't listen to these once they go out. I don't. I mean, I know Kevin adds a lot of weird stuff afterwards, but. <laughs> I can't be listening to this thing for like the fourth time or whatever. It gets released into the wild. Hey, more content. That was good. So for the well, 18, that, I get to that, listen like a fan. See, if that would have came out earlier when we had the five episodes in a month, it wouldn't have worked out. So it was, it was actually better that it came out later and filled the gap when, when you know, your editing snafus showed up. Always technical problems. Well, We've effectively derailed in classic <laughs> indie comic noise fashion this intro, but indie comic noise part of the Deliberate Noise Network, a fine collection of your favorite podcasts. You should be checking them out, including Sister Show Marvel Noise, where you'll hear Kevin and sometimes indie noise host Steve Wax Rhapsodic about all the products of the Disney Corporation. Sometimes Gary, too. Yeah, sometimes gregarious Gary Arkell joins in. I think you guys coming up are covering the latest Disney earnings call. Oh, I expect Jason Wood to do that. And while we're at it, I should note that you can find old episodes and show notes at our website, IndieComicNoise.com. Check it out. Sometimes there's links that Kevin inserts weird things into, but 
Don't let that scare you off. Or As you heard from the beginning, we do have sometimes some strong language on the show. But I thought we were generally inoffensive, but I don't know anymore. Because no. uh, you can find Andrew. the show on Twitter at IndieComicBookEnd.net. You cannot find me. I've been permanently banned from Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I still, I, I'm still adding you. I'm still, I'm still tweeting you up. What did you get so, back on Twitter from? I have no idea. He <laughs> doesn't want to appeal. He's happy to be gone. That's what he's oh, saying. I did I appeal, actually. And, and, heard any, and I'm like, I can't. I'm just kind of curious why I got appealed. I have, well, yeah, on this I, show. I can't see anything you would do that would get you back. Yeah. And he has the most mundane toy yeah. tweets and everything. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the a, no... It's AI just got him and permanently banned him. Did you piss off Elon Musk somehow? I do. My, I have almost no feeds. It's usually just toys or comics, and they're pretty milk toast at best. Takes or dumb jokes I retweet <laughs> or. I well, don't yeah, seen your tweets. Yeah, there's nothing offensive about it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing even interesting about most of them. So I'm not sure you how this happened. <laughs> Must be your. Anyway, the show hasn't been banned, but I have been so. If I get back on the Twitters, I'll see you out there. But in the meantime, talk to the show or the Facebook page. Yeah, but Indie Comic Noise, we're just relaxed. We just talk about whatever indie comic book related could possibly be out there, which is wide ranging. Sometimes we start with a little weird round table. I have a couple of things for that. But I also make my snide joke about not being offensive and then throw it to Kevin to see if he wants to say something offensive. Kevin? Yeah, I mean, if if anyone should have been banned before you, it would have definitely been the show. <laughs> I mean, the sometimes the things the show says with its since it's gained sentience is just like I don't know. I'm just surprised the show is way more spicy than you. Well, hopefully my Bland tweet. We oh, returning to a timeline near you, but I didn't want to tell you guys. I don't know if we've. I don't think we've talked about it. Uh, and I did listen to the A Team episode. And I don't think you guys mentioned, but um, the Netflix Usagi inspired show Samurai Rabbit had a second season drop. Oh yeah, I, I haven't watched that yet. Existed. I don't use Netflix currently, but I didn't know that existed. Yeah, so I started season two. Haven't finished yet. I I enjoy the show. Look, it's pitched for a slightly younger crowd, but I think it's kind of fun. It's that mix of, like, I feel the character designs are pretty strong, but some of the rest of the animation to me is pretty generic. Oh, uh, Kevin, you any take? You don't like it just because it's a rabbit and your avatar and... <laughs> what avatar, Phil? I've been uh, kicked <laughs> off of Twitter, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, on your Skype one. <laughs> I mean, I thought okay. it was all right the, the first season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I wouldn't just, say that I, that I watched every episode like intently. Well, you know, sometimes I was like half doing something else. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded maybe a little bit more pizzazz and some of the background and action. But I feel like I said the character designs are strong and their portrayals are. I just feel sometimes when you're watching it, it has a very kind of sameness to the background. Animation. So what I thought you were going to say is Satanist. So it's made by him, but it's not Usagi, though? No, it's not. I don't. I think they just paid for the rights. I don't think he is that involved with it. And it's a um, set in the future where this is his descendant. So it's, his, it's a young Usagi learning the ways. So he's got that kind of brash, annoying young person bit where, like, he doesn't always take advice and because it's pitched a little bit younger that has some of those tropes to it. I don't really mind that, but just go in knowing it. And then for the flashback sequences, the change the animation style when they're talking about his great grandfather or wherever far back it goes, Usagi, it's more done in a stylized fashion. Mm -hmm. So that way they can bring in these different characters. And like I said, for pitching it for all ages, it's still, there's some to enjoy. I like the side character, Kitsune. Uh, she's like this uh, 
kind of fun and then they have a couple of big rhinos and stuff and they fight the the yao gui the the spirits but some of them are friendly like they have one how do you say that is it not am i saying it wrong apologies i've never heard i've only ever read it i don't think i've I've really ever heard it so might be saying it wrong if so i don't mean to defend but yeah i like it and i i also just got my idw black friday sales box oh um i pay it i i get on the idw email list because Mm -hmm. they about two or three times a year they run some pretty good sales where they just blow out inventory so this instance i hadn't bought any a while but i picked up two of the big artifact slash artist edition original art reproductions that they do when they're heavily discounted i kind of stopped buying them because they're pretty big and bulky but when they're on steep discount i got the john byrne avengers and the walt simonson star wars one Mm. with mostly tom palmer inks on that just you know like for half the price or whatever those things are hard to beat yeah and I really enjoy, I just was getting a lot of them and they're hard to store and they're bulky. And it's funny, I had, hadn't bought them in so long. I didn't know they come in these big cardboard boxes and the John Byrne one opens differently than the other ones. So I guess they've changed the box style. I oh. keep the boxes because I feel it helps keep the books in good shape. Yeah. So they're stored for me in the box. And because I'm a fool and his money is soon parted. I got the Ron Salas uh, online edi- exclusive edition of G.I. Joe 300. Oh. And the other thing is because they were running a sale, if you ordered, you'd get a free list of things. So I picked the online exclusive Last Ronin comic. Nice. Um, so, But I just got those today, so I flipped through them, but I haven't read them or anything. We just thought, well, thought I'd shout out if you like. I know it's annoying to get spammed with all these dumb emails for things we don't like but when idw does do sales you can get some really good i've picked up a lot of books at like 50 percent 60 percent 70 percent off and you get them all at once and they bulk ship them to you so well it was worth it you're in canada though i doubt it's worth it Uh, yeah you guys might be screwed it's funny you mention that uh phil because i also got a package from Mm -hmm. from uh Andrew's country of choice. Well, Japan. <laughs> because as you know, I picked up some, um, I guess it's Piao. I'm going to say that. I think that's what I said before. Uh, publishing yep. their, their ceasing publications. I believe oh, at that's the not end of the year. But anyways, I think IDW um, is still around, by the way. I don't think they're going. I think this is just a sale for them. But yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, people have been calling for their doom for years now. But I mean, people have been calling for the doom of comic books since that first panel rolled off the press. So, I mean, it's nothing new. So, yeah, I I, I looked at uh, the discounts. I looked at the shipping. And uh, the discounts were bigger than what the shipping was going to be. So I said, sounds like a deal. Because that's, that's how you judge it, right? Hey, um, what, what the books I'm going to get into all have to do with Andy being dumb on eBay again. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. I need to buy something on eBay so I check what else they're selling to, like, quote, unquote, save money by buying more comics. Which is <laughs> Exactly. I kicked my hat. I, I got to have it. I got to add stuff, see if the shipping goes up. If it doesn't, you keep on adding more stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I got I like, I got a lot of uh, neat stuff, I think. I think, I think stuff that, that looked good. I mean, I got some Stages of Rot, some uh, Berserker Kid, some uh, Aeon 6, a Brush Paradise, uh, Devil May Cry. So maybe I'll, I'll read some of these things and bring them up on a, on a future episode. I mean, I think it was worthwhile because yeah. I, I looked at some of their stuff when when it was at TCAF and then, you know, presented with another opportunity. I said, I might as well get some more indie stuff. Yeah, you're embarrassing me. My 
hopelessly commercial mainstream indie choices that are going to be looked down upon, Kev. <laughs> All right, who wants mainstream. to go first? Hey, IDW is in the back of catalog for some bizarre <laughs> reason in previews, but anyhow. I mean, I guess don't get previews angry, right? They'll, they'll put you in the back of the catalog. They can do that now. Now that right. they're not like the the eighty percent, ninety percent monopoly or whatever. I mean they sell all their stuff too. But you know. Where else are you gonna get your novelty shot glasses, Kevin? Exactly. Yeah, I guess some of that stuff does quite well for them. So I mean they diversified, so I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Whenever I read previews, I always went right to the end. I mean, you want me to give you another update, Andrew? Sure, hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. Oh, boy. I'm not going to really get dig into the issue, but uh, I did read Old Dog Number 2 by uh, Declan Shelby because I think you wanted to know uh, certain things about the second issue. They had oh, yeah, that, you remember they had that me. little summary thing at the beginning? Yeah, you're going to tell me if it spoils it again. <laughs> so... I read the whole issue first. I'm Smart not a man. Smart man. <laughs> fool you once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on you. Forever so the go. second issue descriptor isn't as spoilerific as the first issue. So now I don't know what to do with the third issue. <laughs> Just don't read it at all. It's the but, only way to be safe. But there is a funny thing. At the, at the summary at the intro, it says he was in a coma for six years. Then he's talking in the issue, and he's just like, he's telling this other man, yeah, I thought I'd be more uh, refreshed after an eight-year coma. And I'm like, wait a second, you just said it was a six-year coma. So you think this is like some Matt Kent style playing with your perception of reality stuff, Kevin? I mean, and it is a spy espionage book. Yeah, you got to keep you guessing what's true <laughs> with the unreliable narrator. Or do you think it's just a continuity gaffe? I'm going to say it's a continuity gaffe, but, I mean, who can really tell? That that was just like Chew, right? They put the, like, the wrong issue number or the wrong uh, number for, like, one of their, like, part three or four or whatever it was. And people just like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's funny you did that. And they're like, no, that was that was that was an error. So maybe it's one of those. I don't know. Well, I always want to know what comic book editors do. So <laughs> I guess. I mean. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they had one job. <laughs> but So you're still loving the, the issues, though. All joking aside about this. You're still digging it? I mean, I'm still reading. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if issue two would would say like that that you would be like oh i gotta must read it now like it's it's more of the same thing more uh more of him being involved and stuff you know more people getting possibly murdered and uh all that type of thing there's kind of a grisly scene and uh you know i'm still enjoying myself well i think as i warned you folks as in phil and kevin now i'm warning the audience i went full phil this episode um, so I'm on eBay like a fool buying co- buying a comic guys We're emailing going on full fill. It sounds very pervy to me. Filthy fill? <laughs> it is. It is very pervy. Um, so I was there and you know, look, eBay is now mostly scammers and like big sellers. Mm-hmm. So I found this was the book I needed was from a big seller, so I'm looking at what else they have. And I'm trying to be a bit better about not just grabbing whatever junk, you know what I mean? Just to fill it up. Cause they had this, like if you reach a certain dollar amount, it was free shipping, but I didn't really reach that. I'm like, you know what? Just get the books you think you're interested in. And one thing they had was the, um, was some Don Lomax, which I know Phil has talked about. They collect, it's the, what happened was, was he, I think you mentioned the Vietnam journal which came um, out from Apple comics. I did, but the one I loved was that apocalypse one. So, so this was, yeah. um, what's happened is after the fact, um, caliber comics is collecting the, uh, the Vietnam journal and trade. Mm-hmm. 
so this guy had volume four of the trade like at a good price so i'm like well I'd, you know you sounded made it sound interesting i'm like i'll check this out so it's uh, they're also on uh, print on demand on amazon for super cheap okay yeah this was very cheap so i was pleased with it and it's a meaty collection i guess there's a this one collects issues 13 through 16 so there's four issues per but in the back they have like a little preview of volume five and stuff and i would have started wherever you know part of this was just i saw this guy was selling it cheap and i'm adding to my order mm-hmm. so it's all uh don lomax he's the whole you know written and illustrated he does have a translator uh what this is is we have a journalistic character who's going through the war and so frequently the you know the characters speak vietnamese and i think to help us identify there's never any translations or anything i think we're meant i mean i'm sure a lot of people speak vietnamese but i don't so therefore we're in the same position as a lot of the characters in the story if you don't speak it you just have to see what's going on and hopefully figure it out from the context Uh, i will say i wasn't super familiar with don lomax this is a black and white i don't know if the originals are black and white or color and let me tell you he puts a ton of detail yeah like trees and shrubs like every little leaf on a tree is rendered in this thing like it's very very detailed the other thing i think that was interesting is in some ways it's not done to the exaggerated humorous effect but i feel like his faces are a little bit caricature like he usually exaggerates like the ears or the nose or the something to give him personality almost reminds me in some ways of like i said not to the same extent but mad magazine Mm -hmm. Uh, again not exaggerated that much for humor and it's a little inconsistent from panel to panel i don't not horrendously so but it's not as slick as something like mad i will say and i'm not sure if this is intentional or on me or on him some of the combat scenes are a little hard to figure out not sure if that's meant to portray the kind of chaos of combat but this is a super dark book uh when they say you know rated mature and all that the first story has a soldier bayonetting a child like a baby (laughs) and there's like rape and torture and like this is not uh not fooling around at all like a very and i wasn't i don't know i was just i guess i i wasn't i was expecting it to be pretty dark and great you know war is not a funny thing generally when it's portrayed realistically i just didn't know they were going full like whoa like i said when the first story you read is uh the journal guy they call him journal everyone has a nickname is hidden by a local peasant lady and he she has a baby the baby's crying and then the uh, north vietnamese trooper comes by and takes the baby and this is all in vietnamese so we don't know what's going on you know what i mean it's you can't tell mm-hmm. and then he shoots the wife and or shoots the not his wife shoots the woman and like bayonets the baby and yells at the crowd uh, <laughs> and you're like good gracious <laughs> now uh, don lomax was in vietnam so this is yeah. probably stuff he saw too you know yeah yeah and like i said and some like the stuff the americans do isn't great either um you know like i said the there's some group rapes and murder and several of the guys get captured and they're tortured and then there's one of those sad ironic twists where the two guys escape but they don't end up really escaping if yeah it's it's really dark like there's no happy ending to any of their things which i guess makes sense but the other thing that's interesting is that it goes from being kind of sparse to being super jargony and expositiony like there's a lot of like the slang of what all the weapons and vehicles and concepts and principles are so that can be a lot of like all this stuff kind of being dumped in a few panels and then a few panels of letting the story breathe a little bit 
Mm-hmm. I don't really mind, as I've talked about before with Larry Hama, like all the kind of military jargon thrown around gives the book a fun feel. But I will say that's something to be aware of if you think that's going to be hard for you or awkward. But yeah, I mean, it's well done. But I will say, like, you know, warning that uh, <laughs> they don't pull any punches on this thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot more. Like the over the top, like I said, with all the torture and death and everything, it's really, and maybe it starts slower. Again, remember, I'm jumping in issue 13. Oh, you yeah. jumped all the way in 13. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if you started issue one or whatever, but I would totally read more. I'm glad I grabbed it or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know that I'm really going to super seek it out because mm-hmm. that's the kind of material I generally, well, that's now that I'm like- old. That was one I was excited for just because I loved that apocalyptic one you did. But now it sounds like, yeah, maybe I'll pass on it. I mean, super well done, but that's some dark stuff. If that's, I loved his art in the apocalyptic one, but you said, yeah, it wasn't that great in this. or No, no, I really liked it. It's super mm-hmm. detailed. I just meant to say that while I was using the mad to tell about the faces, mm-hmm. I feel like he's not always as con- I can still tell who everyone is. But it, there's a slickness to Matt like that. Those are all top, top tier. Not that he isn't, but yeah. there's like they're in that master class level. And while he's evocative of that, I certainly you could point to certain panels where you say, oh, here it looks like he's not doing exactly the same thing as he did three pages ago. But I still could tell who everyone is. And it's hard. You know, it's black and white. They're all in, you know, fatigues for the most part. Even the soldiers. I mean, there's a few civilians or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, so it's uh, interesting and I liked it, but oof, Phil, you need to warn a guy. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that crazy because I just, I loved that other one I read. Like, So I was just hoping I would get more of that, but but I don't think I will be. So I'll probably, I'm probably going to pass on it now. All right, who's got a palate cleanser for us after that? <laughs> well, I got uh, three manga series I read. Um, Man, the A-team's going to be jealous, Phil. That's why they didn't talk about you. You're yeah. stealing their, their thunder. I mean, this is basically the manga noise at this point. That's not true. You barely cover it anymore, and I cover it maybe three times a year. So that's not that's not too bad. And be, besides, they do, they do some good stuff sometimes. I do. They're I like mean, the number one comic book sellers. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I guess you can knock it for not being indie, but certainly you can't knock it for not being well executed and popular. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, first one I read was I think I talked about it before on the show, but I read the first volume originally and loved it, but. Then I forget what threw me off, so I decided to try a reread again, and I read the first four volumes so far of uh, Magical Girl Apocalypse. And I didn't realize at the time, but it's a uh, magical girl that's like Sailor Moon type characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't realize that till the second read through, but. And, and so I love the first book again because it's so chaotic of these magical girls just like destroying people and stuff. And I remembered why I didn't like it again is in the second book, it introduces a, a character that's a rapist. And it becomes a main character throughout the other volumes. And and they kind of make him the comedy relief and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just doesn't feel right reading it almost. That That's like you're reading your Green Arrow and then Dr. Light shows up, like like the guy. And then you're like, oh, no. But this is bad though, because you know, a lot of these Japanese writers, you'll you'll read it and you could go like, okay, this guy's a bad perv, because when they're pervs down there, they're into weird shit, right? And they seem to like weird. I was watching this video game. I mean, and it had one of those weird per. And I think you're. It's weird that it's the comic relief, and you're like. Sometimes mm-hmm. the stuff isn't that funny. <laughs> yeah, and he's like yeah. the hero of the book almost because he's like saving people all the time and stuff. Like, and it's it's 
like he's trying to make him sympathetic, you know, this character. So that's it kind of threw me off again. Plus, once they started adding story into it, like a reason and stuff, it took the fun out of me because I just liked the chaotic part in that first volume. Yeah, you, you definitely run into some cultural differences. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to keep reading it again. I got to drop off it again. But the the other two I read are more recent ones. Um, first one is uh, Rooster Fighter. Oh, yeah, I think I, I think, uh, yeah, speaking of the A-team, I, th- I think I, uh, did I tweet about that one? I just remember, the second whenever there's a rooster yeah. or a chicken or something that, that well, it's called rooster related. Fight, so it's a rooster. He has to be fighting cops or is a cop or a detective. Oh, I just didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it cut out for me <laughs> last I heard. Phil, you said something. It's a rooster, and then yeah, because he was saying it, he was saying it was a rooster or a chicken. When it's called rooster fighter, obviously it's a fucking rooster, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but if there, but if it's a if it's a bulletproof chicken or is a rooster or what's some other like? Well, I don't know if he's bulletproof, but he's, or, he's, or, he's, yeah, I I know, but it's a, it's a whole play on that. It I don't I don't know if I would say it's a subgenre necessarily. But it's sort of like me saying, like, I'm, I'm into, like, Jupiter or Europa comics, and then you you just happen to run across a bunch of them all at the same time, and you're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, basically this guy's just a normal rooster, but he's just, he can fight demons. Like, there's there's animals in this world that are good at fighting demons kind of thing. So this book gives a feel of, uh, like, Lone Wolf and Cub kind of. Like, every chapter it's him and, uh, or Littlest Hobo, remember that show? Like, I do remember yes. that show. I don't think I've seen more than half an episode, but really, uh, the plot was yeah, the dog just went around and solved crimes or yeah. something. Yeah, it's kind of like that. He's fighting and wandering from town to town, kind of going on fighting like off a demon or stuff. You know, you meet new characters, and I had I a lot. The littlest hobo was before special effect, like CGI. It was all practical and like yep. a real dog and everything yeah, too. Yeah, was that that wasn't big in the states? It was pretty big, but I I don't know. I don't think it. I think the gimmick kind of overshadowed. Like oh, at least huge. Lassie had Timmy. Wow. I don't know those Benji <laughs> ones. I never it like was, the ones where they need like the human because the, the animals don't talk, Phil. So you know, you, you know, some this is that one example where you might actually need people, but most times. You usually don't need people. They didn't. They never had the Littlest Hobo Lassie crossover, though. Like a two-night event. Well, this one, the animals talk to each other. So, and now, too, with special effects. You know, you can yeah. just computer it and make them do whatever. Well, didn't Sabrina have a talking... I thought there was, like, something with, like Sabrina where it was a talking cat, but the mouth didn't move. That wasn't Sabrina. Maybe it was something earlier. Yeah, you, they do that. You just hear like a voiceover. Yeah, style. you can do. I mean, they did in Mr. Ed, the old show had the lips would move and they just lip sync it in or whatever. But generally, yeah, those ones where it's just the animal are always a little hard concept. But anyways, we're derailing <laughs> Phil from rooster fighting demons. I yeah. mean, it yeah. does sound it, interesting. It's it's worth reading. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. But I don't know if it's not something like they have up to like number four you can pre order or whatever. I have the second book, but I I don't want to read more than three volumes of this because it's kind of the same over and over in a way, you know. But, Maybe they'll break but, out because I always think that that's not going to help me, Phil. I, I'm still reading Spider Man. So <laughs> <laughs> beat to death, but it's sure, going think maybe they have a bunch of bits they want to get through and then they and then they're like there's you know the surveys and all that stuff and then they find out they get popular and they're like oh maybe so then they're like oh we got to expand this outward so i always wonder after three or four volumes if it goes off in another direction or something you can't plan a hundred volumes at the beginning and then go oh this is this beginning of the story and then you get canceled like you don't you you want to front load but not front load at the same time yeah, I can't fault anybody if they got a hit on their hands from wanting it to linger a little bit, you know? Yeah, I feel like this one's probably doing good now. I don't know, but I imagine so. And then uh, the third one I read was uh, I started uh, Undead on Luck. Do you know that one, Kevin? Never heard of that one. It's uh, when you open it up, the guy is saying, like, 
I'm sorry, but uh, there's going to be sensor bars in every chapter. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, great, another perv writer. But but if this book Maybe didn't you just like reading the perv writers. <laughs> I know it's because it's we, most, we figured that you out, Phil. But this one didn't end up feeling that way at all. But basically, it's about uh, a girl. She has the power of unlock. So anyone who makes any type of contact with her, something horrible will happen and kill them. Like a, a meteor can come down and smash into them, depending on how they touch her or whatever. And she ends up running into this guy who's the undead part basically he's immortal can't be killed kind of thing but he wants to die so he's hoping by sticking with her you know and she'll be able to kill him with her power kind of thing and it's it's just i've read one volume so far and it ended up being quite a bit of fun i picked up the second one for this too i think there's eight out so far once again i don't know if this will be one i'll read all the way through but i had enough fun with the first one where I ended up going with the second one. And it's just them fighting like uh, some other people with powers that are trying to catch them sort of thing. And at the same time, he's testing out her powers to try and kill himself, but it, it hasn't worked once. But uh, yeah, I always also recommend this one, but you wouldn't, it's one of those ones, like a lot of their covers, the mangas, I find they have very bad covers. A lot of them, mm. not all the time, but uh, I don't know. They're just kind of, not very appealing to me and this one has one of those dumb covers but yeah and better than i thought wondering if uh kevin might be onto something phil are you just getting the one with them upskirt shots going oh this is so terrible i have to buy all the volumes of it to to get it off the shelf no it's just most of them can be like i don't know there's just a lot of pervy ones out there but no these are ones i get at the bookstore so i'm not like ordering them offline or anything the, the, the cashier looks at you and you're like i didn't know that's what it was and basically this is this disgraceful as you buy all of them this is a small little bookstore so they only get the popular ones so or this one's i mean that that's that's one possibility maybe maybe i'm a big weird japanese porn guy i don't know <laughs> i can't i cannot confirm or deny <laughs> There you go. There's three mangas. Oh, jeez. Well, I just got a, a a little bit thing here that I I read this one a while ago. I mean, it's in my category of like um, a bunch of new things that are fun action adventure things. I guess much like the the Kaya and the old dog and I don't know. I seem to be picking up a lot of image stuff more than than i normally do lately i guess i went through a bit of a dry spell there yeah you guys used to make fun of me of that because i was picking up too much image but i know i know (laughs) shoes on the other you know kevin yeah Yeah. half of it's either some art comic you've never heard of or it's the biggest seller in the world (laughs) some might say he's going full-on phil no he's i'm going full-on phil uh, only one. There's only room for one Phil clone on this show. <laughs> it can only be one. And, and you know what? It's true, Andrew. You used to go full on Phil all the time, but then you stopped and started going full on Kevin. It was making me <laughs> sad. But I'm glad you went full on Phil again. Well, he wants to talk to me about some latest uh, spec book or something. So then he has to jump on the the train there to get some uh, synergy going. Now, one of the other, if it, if if uh, you as well jump in with this. So uh, in that other batch, I went. I know we were talking about AC Comics, so I picked up the three the three issues of the run that exist of a uh, venture. This is from the late '80s. That's one uh, that is on my list to get. But I am familiar with a lot of the characters in it because I have other stuff with them. What drew me to this is normally AC Comics I make fun of for all the good girl cheesecake yard. These these aren't them. Why no, I grab these is yeah. is Eric Larson, June Brigman. I mean, these are some names we all know. This is not when they're those names. In fact, Eric Larson, it's interesting. They're little anthology books, but Eric Larson, I would not have known this was Eric Larson. Look, I'm not Super Steve or anything, but I'm 
okay sometimes at figuring out artists, but I would have never guessed this is Eric Larson. Um, it does not look like if you think Eric Larson like Spider Man or Savage Red, this is not that Eric Larson. I got some of those those facsimiles of the early Dragon stuff. I I have the original Dragon. Yeah, stuff. and it's still you can s- still sort of tell, but it's it's pretty rough. This is uh, 1986, so Venture number one. So he's uh, the working on the the main story is the Bolt character. Bolt. It's actually not the Bolt. Now, That's the Bolt, Disney cartoon. Bolt has only been he had one issue series, and then he was in another book. I don't th- no think he's had too many appearances after that, unless he showed up in Fen Force for something. So um, Bill Black is behind a lot of AC comics. So this is another bill black character but we have the script uh phil white eric larson jim saunders on ink walt paisley letters jim sanders on color and like i said it's an anthology so we'll get to the other ones but bowl is a it's kind of they do a recap of him and basically he was transformed he looks like he's wearing like a containment suit he's a regular guy who was turned into energy but he doesn't remember who he is or or what's going on and he's super powerful he kind of reminds me in appearance and nature of um, Wildfire from Legion of Superheroes, the yeah, DC. That makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah. He's like in a red containment suit. And so in this couple of issues, he ends up going to the moon <laughs> and he finds um, a guy on the moon that helps him through this fight with the creatures that live on the moon, recover his brain. He gets exposed to some math and he figures out who he is and is basically, I think, just setting the table. And then after that, he goes and he finds this uh, contemporary creature to fight. And it's this woman with kind of the uh, bandana, but like her front is open with the crisscross mesh. And the third one has the Tom Grinberg takes over. So Eric Larson's only on the first. You remember, these are anthologies. They're just, you know six seven pages and Grindberg. what's interesting about the third one is um bill black does additional inks and it feels like Grindberg does like the first few pages and then maybe real rough breakdowns i think because the art really changes for the last few pages (laughs) i feel like we covered some marvel book that had Grindberg, but i don't remember what it was now well the and um a June Brigman too also worked at Marvel. Yeah. Which is, and these all feature the Bolt character on the cover. Again, not the kind of cheesecakey femme force character that I associate with AC Comics, which isn't fair by me. Yeah. That a Western line and all this other stuff and, too. And I just think of Femme Force, I have always had that famous same thought, but reading some of the early ones, they're high quality good stuff. So there's definitely some good Femme Force there. It's not as tna as you think well maybe you're right and night bale and all that. i just but they're definitely like skimpy outfits and all. of course marvel and dc did that too but just it's funny so the second story is in the first issue is fury by mark probst and um he again we have the uh, bill black is like the editor over that and it's a, a, your basic generic super team uh i didn't really these characters just sort of exist in that world with the late 80s not a lot of background detail in a lot of the panels pretty solid figure work and the actions communicated well then the issue is padded out with a bunch of pinups but again not nothing too crazy like they're all wearing full costumes and it's men characters and women character like it's not I was just like, wow, what happened to Cheesecake? And the last feature is Astron, and that's the one with June Brigman. Thanks by Rory Richardson. Now, Phasers, that team book, like that last issue there, that's actually their series is pretty high quality, the art and stuff. It's worth getting. That's a weird well, team because they're like one girl's made out of springs, I think it is, like stuff like that. Well, and we're also about to hit, you know, the late 80s had another kind of mini collapse of the market yeah that hurt people too so that's why some of these series don't get continued you know obviously ac exists even up through today 
yeah. in the second issue, the the secondary feature is a fun Secret Origins of Fem Force. And what's neat is they have Robert Walker, the regular Fem Force penciler, do like the framing sequences, and it's the Fem Force women reading about their quote unquote origin. So the art inside is done by Willie Blyberg. And they say that their origin from their comic books is from all girls squad. So it's that meta thing where like the Marvel had this too, where like the Marvel comics company would publish their official results. So this has the ladies of femme force kind of making fun of how ridiculous, you know, she cats laughing at the characters here, but it's funny to see the regular artist who's definitely more cheesecakey than the in the one that's doing the one of the all girls squad which features sin you guys remember that character <laughs> tara phantom Ray, lady and Brad Ray stell's daughter <laughs> no i was thinking sin wasn't she in that book we were covering i was reading not that long ago the scarlet one yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah and so it's just a silly little three or four page with the girls of Femme Force with their regular artist uh, making fun of that. And then there's some promos for, I remember the Night Vale one too. I think she well, was a that, character. She was one of the DC characters originally, uh, Nightshade. Then because they didn't get the rights to it because DC bought it, uh, they okay. turned her to Night Vale. And then the final one in volume two is Explorers Limited, The Rescue, which is another Mark Probst. A lot of these feel like they're also uh, some have more action, but some of the real short ones feel like they're kind of a lot of like talking head exposition dumps in a way, which is fine because I think a lot of this is explaining who these characters are or giving their backstory or whatever. But if you like the explorers, they also continue their story in three again with Mark Probst working it. But these are really short. Like they're I think they're no more than six or seven pages. And the third one has a long interview about um, this uh, Western actor that Bill Black knew. And they interviewed him and excerpted it. So it just feels like some of this is kind of putting things together. Because the final bit is Phaser's The Final Phase. You were telling me about that, Phil. Yeah. By, uh, uh, Vic Bridges is behind that with Del Barris inking. And then a few different inkers. And Bill Black doing the colors. And this one is all exposition headshots. And it's like they're like Challengers of the Unknown, Fantastic Four type. And it's all just too much dialogue, too much explaining. But I guess, you know, in a way, you have your choice. You either do some kind of O. Henry Stinger twist ending, or you have loads of exposition about who these guys are and who the setup is, but it was fun. Like I got all three in the package for a set price. It's the type of thing you would have pulled out of quarter bin back in the day, but I'm not going to shows currently stupid COVID. So yeah, I'm not letting it go. There's my controversy. Yes. COVID hasn't gone away. I well, mean, it hasn't. So. There's some high quality AC comics I think worth getting. This anthology looks seems like maybe they were rushed the stories because some of those yes. characters have some pretty uh, beautiful comics. And there's some great, like I said, the the first one with Grindberg, the first few pages, like the opening splash is great. It's mm -hmm. just by the end you feel like oh they ran out of time or maybe you just gave rough breakdowns. <laughs> like it just feels like it kind of petered out at some point. Yeah. Which is weird for like a short anthology, but that's fine. Like these are, you know, they're late 80s indie comics. And the other weird thing is their color, too. I had forgotten that AC was like a color book. Yeah. I, uh, I only I have some of their like old, old ones that are black and white. But yeah, once it gets into the like early 80s, there goes full color. I, I can confirm with Phil, not all cheesecakey. I mean, a little, like I said, the. No, I'm telling you, Fem Force is not cheesecakey. It's just because they're costumes. We've always had that thought, but there's some. Uh, like I recently, I got issue 100, and even that was high quality. There's some bad art in between that for sure, but like I want to say eight and nine crosses. I think it's it's either seven and eight or something around there crosses over with Paragon, which was my first Fem Force I read, and 
those issues are just beautiful and it's it's very like it has a golden age feel you know but uh but beautiful art great story like as a kid when they were coming out i bought a few and remember enjoying them but for you know those covers and everything were always sort of exaggerating my kind of cheesecakiness of you know, in the promo, like the promo pieces in here for you buy buttons and stickers or back issues. And usually it's one of the lady characters kind of draped over the panel. Yeah. And that's the okay, problem. It's not like Marvel and DC to do that stuff. But yeah, this was a company I didn't think I'd like when I started my collecting the 80 comics there and stuff. But yeah, this ended up being one of my favorites. All right. Do we got anything final before we I wrap this two up? Things, two things, Andrew. Hit me, baby, one more time. I, I got a quick hit, uh, and I feel kind of embarrassed that, that maybe the name of this comic was Voyages, but it, but I kept on sounding it out as Voyages, because it, cause it ends in G-I-S, so I was like, you know, you have those weird combo words where it's supposed to be something, it sounds like something, but you're like, maybe this is something else. Oh, I, like Just Ice and Justice? Yeah, it. yeah, like you, 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 you're not sounding it out correctly, and you're like, "Boy, am I stupid?" Oh, that happens to me a lot because I used to read more. Like that's you know before podcasts and all that, you learned about stuff by reading, and so I was always mispronouncing stuff. <laughs> How very macabre is that? <laughs> so I mean, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, Sami. Kesjin is the creator of this. I mean, there. Even if the story wasn't interesting, like this is pretty beautiful to look at. I mean, it kind of reminds me in a way of what was that series with the sheriff on that world? Was that was that was that Sean McKeever or no? Maybe it was Jeff Parker. Remember, there was that sort of sheriff planet world in outer space and they were just had some adventures oh, and stuff oh that one mean you really like copper yeah it must have been that yeah that's jay faber i think was the right yeah. oh was it yeah. yeah okay okay getting a bunch of those guys mixed up obviously <laughs> i can't recall the artist i do apologize yeah but this is like uh, i think it was a solicit that first because sometimes you don't have much to go on but i'm like it's about the um the Voyager space probe, like, what if that, like, went on into outer space and, like, influenced, like, another culture or or someone found it or, you know, those types of things of, like, what if we're the aliens, like, someone else's junk came in our direction, like, I mean, I kind of like Isn't those that. Isn't uh, that Star Trek 1, Kevin? First movie. <laughs> well, I was going to say every Major. Star Trek thing where they find a book. And no, no, but like, particularly... It, Voyager it's like they, the they don't want to spend money on the set so it's like just some set that's out there in paramount it's like oh we went to the mobster planet this time or oh it's 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 nazi germany all over again <laughs> i mean because of course it is <laughs> hey can you blame if you have the costumes laying around can you blame them for, I know. yeah that first movie was voyage v'ger <laughs> don't get mad as a kid i was so mad that movie I think I it made me so mad. I think I cried during that movie. Wow. I was so disappointed. I thought you were Star supposed Trek. to be amazed at the at the shot where they show the Enterprise just a camera panning around on it for twenty minutes. How about being sad that it was a toilet movie with no exciting bits? I'm a small child. What <laughs> who is who isn't uh anyways. Is that the one I'm where sure they, I mean that's fair. Is is that the one where they see the whales? No, that's a fourth no. one. Oh. He would have been happy not... if he would have saw the fourth yeah. one instead. Oh, that one I that one I actually remember. <laughs> I was gonna say I like did like that one. Yeah. I did. This was the 1979, the first one. Oh, okay. And I I think it just I went in with a bad attitude. Like I thought it would be like an adventure, and it was this real like dull plotting kind of. I think it was mainly for older people. Like I don't think it was meant for like. Or if it was kids, it should have been like. Sit down, you're going to see nothing but boring crap. <laughs> um, Just a bunch of old men running yeah, around. Yeah, because when you're like the show had a lot of 
I mean, you go joke about the, but there was action and, you know, they were yeah. always killing off red shirts and stuff like, yeah, like, things that, you know, like the, was always being attacked by Klingons or losing power or his crystals couldn't get aligned or his chakra was off or whatever. It was a lot happened, but I'm, uh, uh, derailing this from Voyager, not Voyager in Star Trek, but Voyager in a comic book. Voyages. <laughs> but yeah, you have like, old, it, one of the best things I thought was hilarious too. They stuck a map at the back. So you can see like the, the region that's like the um, where everyone is, like the visible zone. And then they show you where the toxic lake is and the radioactive world. And then like the outer reaches where some other people that aren't being hunted down by like uh, a tyrant is. And that's like where our, our main character is sort of like on those outer reaches. And then, you know, someone finds out about uh, about them and they're like, oh, I thought I thought they were all dead type of thing. But yeah, everyone, it just seems like it's it's like a crumbling, dying world, and they're all just trying to survive, like just trying to make a living day to day. So it's like a, a fun action adventure, uh, sci-fi-ish type of thing. And the whole premise really doesn't, like this is all like set up and like living their life, and the whole premise thing from the previews doesn't really come into play until like at the end of the story. So, like, I mean, issue two, I, I, I'm sure we'll get, like, much more uh, what what this space probe uh, is going to do to um, this world Why not? and everything. Maybe the kids will go crazy when they get the record off it because then they put well, a gold record on it. Well, I'm kind of wondering at one point if the character is just, like, tapping into that type of thing. Because they seem to have this, like, weird, like, I don't know. It's like they're having a stroke or something, maybe. I'm not quite sure. And then they're, like, like on the beach. So, I mean, there's obviously something going on, maybe interacting with that. But, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's pretty fun and colorful and, and, and everything. And I wouldn't say I was wonderfully surprised, but... It looked like it was good, and it is a good time. And it also has, like, in the tradition, it seems like a, a lot of the, when you have the extra pages at the back, they are all they always have, the um, like, their design sketches of what they want uh, all these things to look like. And it's funny that one, the one guy here has, like, this, um, it looks like some kind of maybe, like, flying tribble almost <laughs> with, like, tentacles. And then it's like, there's like an arrow pointing at it, and it says Gorn. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, good time. And I have one, one uh, I guess you can call this a, a holdover from Halloween. I haven't given Phil his due. What? With, with all the Halloween stuff. So, um... I broke out this hardcover from uh, Viz Media here. Uh, have you heard of the Black Paradox by Junji Ito? Well, I know him very well, but I don't, I haven't read that one. Okay. <laughs> wow, we really are manga noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a very famous horror writer. I mean, oh yeah, even I've like... heard of him, Phil. Even uh, the oh. non-manga guy. So yeah. I mean... um, <laughs> The amount of volumes I've put out, I'm like, that that is one prolific, prolific dude. Like, I'm just like, it, it seems like there's always like another hardcover, another one, and it's like another 300 pages of just. But they're so big, like. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is breaks format a little bit from the what all the other ones they've been putting out recently look like because this one has like some. Like a shiny circular, like I guess, I guess more like a watercolor drawing of um, a bunch of different characters from the story, and and then like it's it's like some kind of like foil glitter on the title and the author's name, and then you have like the shiny stuff on the back too, and it has it's sort of like this, 
it's like a weird i don't know it feels like a weird material like it's sort of soft cover but it's a hard cover it's just it's just an interesting uh choice to put this into but i don't know I, andrew if you thought that was uh maybe not you know you the thing you said about uh, your stories being a little um like you yeah you need a warning before you read this I would say the same thing about this Black Paradox story, because it starts out with a bunch of people coming together and uh, they're trying to commit suicide. So I think I think the thing that gets me with the Vietnam one is, like Phil said, he was over there. And I think this is supposed to be real events type of. Yeah. I mean, he never says that, but this is supposed to portray like not like. Yeah, I mean, I don't want Dracula running around draining my blood either, but he seems a lot less uh, likely than, you know, a depiction of war crimes happening, so to speak. So, yeah, but no, it's good to know. Good to know. I know, you know, if you don't want dark material, but I I particularly don't want dark material that's possibly supposed to have really happened. That's a a bridge I'm less. Kind of like some of those found footage type movies, like if they're not realistic that's fine but if it's just those ones where it's like some woman kept in a basement or something like i'm not that that's not my bag because that's you know stuff that really happens type of thing like like i know of like the suicide forest so like some of these stories i'll take some folklore or something and i'll be it'll be based on something but it won't but it'll be like that's like the the hook or the background material to get to their story. Yeah, yeah. Or like you saw something creepy and then that inspired you further or whatever. You read something about medical school corpses or something and you think about zombies. <laughs> exactly. or... I always bring up the corpse delivery service. But yeah. yeah like I these do guys know someone who donated their body to science after they died. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> So these guys are like going to like commit suicide. Uh, it doesn't come off like something happens and they're like, oh, well, we, we won't commit suicide today, but let's meet up tomorrow. We'll definitely commit suicide tomorrow. So I'm like, it's almost like I'm like, it's like, I feel like it's all it's like creepy, but almost like they're it's making fun of. Like, there's a humor aspect to, like, them never being able to pull off their, like, suicide. And then all of a sudden, like, there is, like, a robot. And, like, out of the blue, just, there just happens to be a robot there. And this is the world. This is what I say, right? Like, another story will just, it'll just be, have demons. And you'll just have to accept that demons are there. Well, like, there's a robot of one of the guys. And you're just, like, they explain it, but. It's sort of like, how is there a robot? And then there's some doppelgangers, and then they don't commit suicide again. And then, like, crazy development after crazy development keeps on happening, where I'm just like, what the hell is going on with this story? Obviously more to it than just suicide. But, ah, man. Like, I just got to keep reading. That, that's why it just makes you keep reading. Because there's there's this whole thing about these, like, maybe gems or jewels that they'll, they'll get, like, this minerals guy to examine. And, like, it'll, they'll be classified as a new thing. And then they can sell these all off and makes a lot of money. And then you're like, oh, now they're not going to commit suicide. Now they have all the money. I'm not going to tell you where these things come from. And the character's like, no one will believe us. And, like, if I told you, you'd be like, what? It's just, it's just the craziest of stuff. It's not creepy like those, like, those other, like, the spiral story. Do you remember that? Or the walking fish? Like, that's not that kind of creepy. I love the walking fish one. <laughs> like, this is, is definitely to... in a different direction. And I would, like, I think this is less squirm inducing but still like it makes you feel uh, a little bit icky at all the occurrences very enjoyable sounds good 
I think I need to jump into some manga. The one thing I do like, especially after reading some the the you know those these indie comics that can get kind of exposition heavy, like one nice thing is they make them to be quick page turners. They don't bury them yeah. in dense pages of like, oh, you need me to get your entire world building mythology in three pages. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, the only thing is if you get into like some of the shonen boy stuff, it's like when you get into the 200 page fight, sometimes I like start to lose interest because there's not a whole lot going on sometimes. So I want you want some I, I find I want some combination of like progression and like character or plot stuff too. I hear it, the best of both worlds, but yes. I think we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank everybody. We might be talking some year-end comics next time. I don't know. It's hard to wrangle the indie crew. Kevin, we're glad that you and the A-team have agreed to at least do one show a month. Um, we're not going to hold you to that weekly thing you promised, but, you know, looking forward to that. Anybody got anything uh, to say to close out? Uh, are those comicsology updates like a joke? Is that really an official count? Do they have the blue check and it's not really the blue check? Because, Andrew, I, I don't know if you knew this, but you can now uh, filter on the book detail pages, the, the search results, to show only comics and graphic novels and manga content. That is something That's you can do it. now. Wait, Kevin, I thought you were supposed to start saying uh, stop making noise. Oh, right. That's right. Stop making noise. Read <laughs> more comics. Oh, wait, that's that's someone else. Comics yeah. are good for you. I mean, I think Dan is cool with you stealing stop making noise, though. All I right, think stop so. I'm going to speak for him, but I don't know. But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you later. Voice keeps on calling me down the road. That's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make.